beautiful people. Welcome to the Courage to Change a Recovery Podcast. My name is Ashley Lobazigabe. <laughs> I have no idea what episode this is. It's episode 18 and a half. It's 18.5 and a half. <laughs> and we are here with producer Christiana Kimmick. Who apparently has brought out my old woman laugh with the... <laughs> Your heavy smoker laugh. <laughs> it's my heavy smoker laugh. <sighs> okay. So, we are here to talk about Tank Sinatra's episode. I am so grateful that he came all the way to Aliso Viejo to our podcast booth and uh, recorded with us. That was He's a very busy man. Extremely. I mean, he came all the way from New York. Yeah. I mean, he didn't come for this, but he stopped by. But he did. He, he made, time. made it a point. He made it a point, and I he really did. appreciated that. He's a he's a really good guy. He's such a funny guy, and he's got such a good radio voice. Oh, it's phenomenal. Yeah, and he just like takes up a room with he does. just like his personality. Oh yeah, so he's great. an enormous human, and he <laughs> is like I'm like yeah yeah that looks uncomfortable. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he's just such a funny guy, and. Uh, and I remember, you know, meeting him and him just being like one of those people where he just like is now one of the group, like immediately. Like he just yeah. can join in and be part of the crowd easily. Um, he can kind and, of insert himself yeah. anywhere. Yeah. Just and people are like, and... yeah, come on, let's mm-hmm. go. I mean, he talked about that like when he came out here, um, he came out to California and I guess he was already sober, which I, when I met him, I didn't realize that. And he started going to meetings, and he just found himself a group and, you know, found himself a crew and a group of friends. And that he's, you know, I know he's still friends with all of us today. And, uh, you know, how funny. Like, he just, he's so good at that. It's so cool. Yeah, he was fun to meet in yeah. person. He just walked right in. So our podcast booth is in, like, a little office as well. And he just walked right in. It was like, Tank just filled the room yeah, up with oh, his yeah. energy. Yeah. It yeah, just was he's so got a lot, funny. He's got a lot, a lot of energy. Um, a couple of things. He talked a lot about anxiety mm-hmm. um, and obsessive thoughts. And I think that most people who struggle with addiction uh, deal with a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of anxiety. And the anxiety fuels the obsessive thoughts. And the obsessive thoughts fuel the anxiety. And it's like this horrible little cycle. Yeah. Um, I actually think a lot of people deal with this who probably, you know, don't use substances. But people who are predisposed to use substances, this cycle is one that just gets us going. So can you talk about that? Because... I am one of those people that has struggled very big time with anxiety and yeah. had to overcome some pretty major things. Right. You know, and and then with that anxiety on top of that, however we know, you know, my story, it's I'm, I'm not in recovery from substance use disorder. Right. So can you talk about that from the perspective of someone in recovery, what that means, what that looks like? I know we've we've touched yeah. on it before, but what like what it specifically does Okay, so why it's different <clears throat> for someone who has a substance use disorder. Right. So here's the thing. It, and uh, you know, my dad and I talk a lot about this because we talk a lot about the disease and and have for a long time and you know, an alcoholic has has fatal reactions to things people deal with every day. Mm. <laughs> so it's, you know, like we think you know, when we first get sober, we think that 
a lot of our feelings are unique. We call it terminally unique because mm. uh, we are terminally unique. Um, but the reality is that lots of people have obsessive thoughts and, and anxiety. Lots of people are uncomfortable in their skin. Lots of people have like all the things that, you know, they don't feel like they fit in. They don't, you know, all the things that we talk about. Lots of people experience that, but their reactions to feeling that way are not to kill themselves on the installment plan, mm, right? Okay. So it's like it's 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 about the abnormal reaction. Okay. That um, I think I do not have this is this is Ashley's opinion. I am not you know this is just anecdotal, but I really think that. A lot of substance use disorder has to do with free-floating anxiety and obsessive-compulsive. Those two things combined, right? So it's this like free-floating anxiety, discomfort in your skin, worry, um, just like overall dis-ease, and it attaches to anything. So it okay. So for example, like you're a new kid at school, which is you know obviously nerve-wracking and you have this free-floating anxiety well your anxiety this discomfort is going to now attach itself to going to a new school right it's going to attach itself to something happened with a kid like it'll the anxiety is there Mm -hmm. on the clean slate and then as you add stuff to that slate the entire the anxiety attaches to it Mm, as opposed to the things come first and then the anxiety attaches to that or is a result of those things. I don't think being a new kid at school is the reason anxiety showed up. Mm -hmm. I think anxiety was there and then, oh, I'm a new kid at school and that provokes more. So so I think that the anxiety, this free-floating anxiety that attaches itself to all these things, normal life things, and then obsessive-compulsive. So we obsess about the anxiety. Mm. We obsess about, and then you add in, you know, uh, you sprinkle some some trauma on there, you know, adverse reactions to things, whatever, and and now you have the perfect recipe for some sort of acting out addiction if there aren't the coping mechanisms already in place and who the hell has coping mechanisms in place when they're 10, you know, like, or when they're 12 or whatever. Like that's, you know, I mean, some people do. I was not one of those people. So again, so I see, I I sort of see alcoholism and addiction as this, you know, anxiety, free-floating anxiety and obsessive compulsive disorder. And so when I have anxiety about things, I obsess about them. And then when I get a thought in my head about what I want to do about that, whatever the solution is, I obsess about that. Mm. And I have anxiety about that. So I think – and there are different levels of anxiety. There's some amount of stress and anxiety that's normal. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's normal part of life and – there's nothing wrong with you. You don't have a major anxiety disorder. <laughs> like, it's okay to right. be nervous in a new place. You know, like, that's not abnormal. Right. Um, so it's about finding, like, where's abnormal? And then finding you may have normal anxiety, but, again, you have the abnormal reactions, right? Mm-hmm. So we're, we're looking at nuance. One of the coping mechanisms that I have learned is not to entertain the obsessive thoughts. So I'll give you an example. Let's say I am in a restaurant and there's a bar. And let's say that the 
I'm sitting really close to a table right next to me and <clears throat> I'm having anxiety. I'm worried about, um, you know, my parents and I feel like crap about my body. Like I'm, I'm going through stuff, right? Yeah. And I'm just ugh, not feeling good in my skin. The table next to me, the guy orders is, you know, a, a Jack and Coke in a beautiful <laughs> glass and it's just sparkling and it's whispering, Ashley, you'd feel so much better. <laughs> Maybe I'm in the smoking section, which doesn't exist anymore. Sorry. He's smoking a cigarette, and I'm like, holy God, I'm going to die over here. And I just want to leap on him and take it up, out of the sand. Okay, so, so let's say those things happen, right? I'm going to sit through that dinner, and the natural reaction is to think about, like, oh, I if it's, if it's Jack Daniels, I love Jack Daniels. Maybe I should get a whole bottle of Jack Daniels. He's smoking and drinking, which is like my version of Nirvana. <laughs> and he should like, I right? So I'm just like, and I'm thinking about like what it would taste like and how it would feel and how I would get that warm sensation. And then mm. I would feel loose and then maybe I'd dance and like whatever, right? So I'm playing this tape. You've planned a whole evening with the Jack and the Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm in it, right? I might as well be drinking that. I'm like, I'm experiencing it. I'm obsessing about the thought and I'm playing the tape. But here's the thing about how alcoholics and addicts play tapes. And I have a really funny story about this. So alcoholics, have you heard the um, people say play the tape all the way through? Yes. Okay. So alcoholics and addicts play the tapes, right? So I'm playing this tape. This will go with my Jack and Coke dude. So homie has, you know this drink I want I'm playing it through I'm thinking about like I could order that drink and I'll drink it and maybe I'm in the if I'm in the smoking section I'm gonna smoke too and you know and I'm like thinking about it and I'm thinking about how oh you know god I feel like such I would feel like such a grown-up having this drink in a restaurant and um (laughs) since I drink in closets and um (laughs) and and then I would stop the tape right I'm Mm -hmm. gonna stop that tape right there Got it. That tape ends, and then I think about the drink. Right? I mean, I'm and I'm going to replay the front part of that tape. The, the good feeling, the good part yes. before the destruction. Correct. That would actually. I am not going follow. to continue to go. I mean, I do now, but I I would stop before I go to. Then you'll leave. Then you'll need more Jack and Coke. Then you'll be you know smoking immediately then what are you going to do you're drunk you don't you can't drive uh you're in a you know like i would just none of that stuff mm-hmm. that's the when they say play the tape through that's because we stop it before the reality of what happens when that when that happens right so uh i have a funny story because i was taught to play you know we were taught i was taught in treatment you know you play the tape all the way through think about like okay if i took this drink this is what would realistic what would realistically happen realistically it would not be enough realistically i would be super uncomfortable in my skin because now i don't have enough alcohol which is like now i'm obsessed with having alcohol it's the only thing i can think about so now like i've just created this whole group of problems and my anxiety and anything that I was worried about did not go away. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm just hiding it momentarily Mm -hmm. and I'm destroying my life, right? So I'm playing this tape all the way through um, and I was taught to do that. And I was doing some form of step work or writing at some point. And when I was super, super addicted to cocaine, I had this girlfriend 
and uh, her parents, she was, she was very, her family was very wealthy and they were just, it was actually very sad. They just wanted her to kind of go away. So they just give her loads of money. Mm -hmm. And um, when we were in high school and they would just give her loads of money and like didn't care what she did. And so she and I would hang out and, um, (laughs) and, and do cocaine and we would watch the movie Blow. Um, I don't know if you remember that movie from... I vaguely <clears throat> remember it. So the, it's Johnny Depp and Salma Hayek. Okay. And um, the story is about uh, Boston George, who was a... who trafficked cocaine in the 70s. And it's the story of his life going from nothing to being this huge kingpin um, trafficking cocaine in a time where that, you know, in, in California, coming mm-hmm. from Boston. And she and I used to, and so it's, gla- like, so it's, you know, come up, it's glamour, it's glitz, it's cars, it's sex, drugs, rock and roll, like, just, like, really hot. And then right when, so then his entire life falls apart, he loses his children, like, it's just tragic ending right as as it is right when you do this stuff like it's just kind of how it works and we she and I used to watch until that part and stop the movie and start it over over and over and over again and we would stop I swear to you we would stop the movie I'll I and it never it never struck me as strange but we would stop the movie, and we watched this movie a gazillion times. We stopped the movie right before his life fell apart, and we would just rewatch it. And that is like a perfect. This <laughs> is so what they were talking about. And I was in treatment, wow. and they're like, play the tape through. I'm like, wow, quite literally, I did not play. You're like, I did not play. You know, like, I asked, the tape through, and and without even thinking, like, oh, I don't want to watch that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need to watch his life fall apart. Like, this is just, I was just glitz and glamour, right? So. You know, again, the obsession, the anxiety, all of that stuff, that is stuff that normal people have. It is stuff that people cope with by thinking the tape through on a lot of different things like, okay, you know, I'm sure that you or other people who drink normally think the tape through when you order a drink at a restaurant. Okay, I'm going to have one drink. Uh, My husband's driving you know, but like whatever, like you're, it's a, okay, oh, I don't have anything to do tomorrow so I can sleep in a little bit later. I'm going to hydrate, you know, like whatever. Like right. you're thinking the tape through. I think the tape through on a lot of things. But with this thing, and actually it brings us to um, a couple other things that Tank said. Uh, one is alcoholics don't have an off switch when it comes to alcohol. Hmm. Like it's just on. Right. You're just – and alcohol, drugs, right? Mm-hmm. There's no it's moderator. Just, there's just – It's just does not on. Exist. It's mm-hmm. just on. It's, it's like there's a – there's a my kids watch this robot thing. These They're called gizmos. And, like, you turn them on and, like, they can't – they're just destructing everything. And that – and they literally can't stop him. And in the show that someone has to – you know, the good guy has to tackle the robot and hit its <laughs> off switch. And then they, like, <laughs> power down. And I always think to myself, like, yeah. <laughs> those gizmos are on point um, <laughs> um, but oh yeah everything is makes a, you wonder who, who created the show yeah to- oh, they do all sorts of things there's a there's a TV show called um, Blaze on Nick Jr. Blaze Monster Trucks something that my my boys watch and there's a I I feel like such so anyway I'll just so <laughs> 
the the tagline that the monster truck says, let's blaze, and like drives through the thing. And so my boys are yelling, let's blaze, because his name is Blaze, and like he's a monster truck. And I'm just like, someone wrote this and thinks this is the funniest thing ever because he has all these little kids in America saying, let's blaze. And I'm just going like, should I see? Am I? And then I'm like, maybe I'm the only person on the planet who looks at this and thinks about drugs. And that's, you know, drugs weren't a thing for my past, but I would think the exact same. Thing. Okay, good. Okay, good, good, good. But my husband and I are kind of into tearing apart kids shows. Oh it's, my it's, god, it's a very fun thing for us. It's, oh my yeah, god, there's sidebar. so much. There is so much there. <laughs> it is. I'm watching. I'm like, really? Like that is <laughs> like, is this appropriate? Yeah, yeah. Wow. What are we teaching here? Um, and then so. He talks about the law of diminishing returns doesn't apply to alcoholics. I love this. So, you know, the law, if you don't, the law of diminishing returns is the point at which the level of benefits gained is less than the amount of energy invested, right? So you, it's like there's a certain point at which you're putting more in than you're getting back, right? Mm-hmm. You're losing the three stages of the law of diminishing returns. Stage one, increasing returns, right? Stage one, alcoholism. This is working. I feel better, you know. Uh, I suddenly can dance, blah, blah, whatever it is. And then stage two, diminishing returns. Like, okay, now I'm getting less than, uh, you know, less and less and less. And then stage three is negative returns. Um, And I just thought it it literally just doesn't apply. Like you can't, you know, and then we talked about supply and demand. We had a very economics-based convo. Um, You know, like there's just too much demand. Like it's just – we. it just doesn't – it's, you know, I'm a mm-hmm. gizmo turned on, baby. <laughs> and it just doesn't stop. And that, That's going up as yeah. a quote oh, on yeah. the Instagram. Yeah. Gizmo. <laughs> God. Uh, things that it I'm makes gonna, so much sense. Things That's that I'm going to regret visual. when I'm 40. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just – it's it was – the law of diminishing returns does not apply to alcoholics, which makes us look incredibly stupid, right? Because it's like – have you, Why? Have you not figured out that – you are already drunk, like mm-hmm. drinking more alcohol right. at this point in your dr- drunkness is not going to get you more drunk, just sick. Right. You know, like, nope. The logic, no. Nope. Yeah, no. The like that, that, it's not. It. It's, it's the, I think it's like the goal is never achieved. Yeah. So we, we don't have that, that off button. So I think that's why we look really dumb and out of control and undisciplined mm. And but only in this area. Gluttonous, mm-hmm. hedonistic. Like, like you said, though, yeah. I mean, that's that's what's so crazy about it is because there are so many alcoholics who have control in so many other so areas many, of well, your life. Well, that's what's so frustrating about being that person is you're like, okay, so I'm applying the same principles that worked in all these other areas to this, and it's not working. What's mm-hmm. going on? You know, why am I why am I out there looking like such a an idiot? And, um, you know, that that is why Um, I loved when Tank was talking about the presence of the people. So he talks about walking into a room, into a meeting and um, the presence of the people healing in the room healed him. Can you talk about that more? Because that was phenomenal and I think speaks to the whole community aspect. And 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 part of the whole point of this podcast is just further enriching the community right ending the stigma having people tell our stories but the community aspect this is so powerful if anyone's ever walked into a meeting and understood what actually goes on yeah yeah i mean like you know we all see it in movies and tv um right so that's i think that's most people's um 
you know, and there there is some there are, there is minor truths to or similarities to what that what is portrayed. Um, I don't know what the magic is that goes on in a room of recovering people, whether they're whether it's twelve step or otherwise. I I can't because I've been in recovery groups where people who are all in recovery talking about you know what they've been through or people who are uh, struggling with grief and loss and talking about what they've been through because I've been in a lot of different group settings with people healing and. You know, depending on what you believe, what I believe is that there, you know, everything, every molecule in the world vibrates, Mm -hmm. right? We are all vibrating particles. And so, um, you know, the cumulative effect of us vibrating is that we're all, all things are vibrating. And I think that, um, that when you walk into a room of recovering people, they are vibrating at a healing level. I don't, I don't, it's, it's one of those things where like, I'll, I'll go to, you know, um, my, my friend says, I have smart feet. They take me where I need to go when my head doesn't know. Mm-hmm. And so I have trained my feet to take me to meetings, even when my head is like, I do not want to go and do this right now. I don't mm-hmm. care. I'm sober. I have other things going on. I have 13 years. I can figure this out. Blah, blah, mm-hmm. All the like, I don't have time. Um, I have twins. You know, I can come up with a lot of good excuses. But I have smart feet, and they take me anyway. And um, I don't know why I feel better when I leave, but I always feel better when I leave. Hmm. Always. And I think that has to do with the energy of the people in there. It just, you know, you know when you walk into a room, um, you know, <laughs> I I was in, um, when I went to UCLA, I did a lot of lobbying and I worked um, with the Bruin Lobby Corps and we would go to lobby these politicians in Los Angeles. And you walk into this room of people who are working in politics and the air is just stale and out of there and people are tired. And like, you could just like, you feel the bureaucracy when you walk in the room, right? You feel what people are projecting in a room. Mm -hmm. And you can just feel it when you walk into a room that's all the air is sucked out and people are miserable. And you can feel it when you walk into a room where even when people are struggling, they're healing or they're trying to heal. Their intention is to heal. It's just different. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't really know why. And I stopped. I stopped trying to figure out. I, I still... I'm working on trying not to have to figure out other things, but I stopped trying to figure out why meetings are helpful and mm-hmm. why community, like why that works. I Because why do I want to go at 13 years and hear the same stuff over mm-hmm. and over again, right? Right. Like that makes no sense. How long, you know, people, how long are you going to go to meetings? Well, I don't know, but I just do better in life when I go to meetings. Right. And I see my friends and I listen to encouraging stories. I listen to people watch people grow up and watch people go through things. It's an hour of my time. Um, um, I'm accountable to people. And if that's what I need to do to arrest this this disease in my head, you know, incomprehensible demoralization that I was a prisoner of, then yeah, I'm going to go for an hour, you know, whatever, like, okay. 
So it kind of comes down to like, I I have a lot of people who I talk to who are like, well, I don't want to do this because of the God thing, or I don't want to, you know, this is a cult or this is this or that. And, and I, I I feel that I get that. I understand how that feels. I came into program at 19. uh, Mm -hmm. So I was very opinionated about all those things, but I kind of come back to the thing where like, we're talking about an on switch. You don't know where it is. You have an on switch that's been turned on for alcohol and drugs. You don't know where it is and you don't know how to shut it off. Mm -hmm. And you're looking for a way to feel better that doesn't ruin your life. If going and being with a group of people for an hour makes you feel better, then do it. Absolutely. It just that that's for me. Like that's yeah. it just really got it had to be that simple. It had to be that straightforward. It had to be like just I have smart feet and I go. So um I believe that that's the case for you know church that that's the case yeah. for other types of um, congregating meetings, uh, you know, volunteer groups, political groups, whatever, whatever your thing is, mm-hmm. that the the energy from congregating in a room of people who feel similarly, experience similarly, care about the same thing is incredibly healing. And, and that that's what Tank was talking about. Yeah. And I, I've learned recently that, you know, just in general, you know, we as humans, we're not constructed to do life alone. And I, no, I mean, I'm not. a walking proof example of that. I, I've, you know, been isolated myself many times and tried, you know, I'm very self-sufficient. I can do this on my own. Watch me. I'm going to raise mm-hmm. my sisters and I'm going to do like I, I'm a kid, but I can do it, you know, and and it, it doesn't matter what area or walk of life you've come from, we are literally not put together to do life alone. We do best in community, whatever community that Mm -hmm. is for you. And so I think that what I've at least experienced is part of that healing. And again, I'm speaking from someone who is, you know, not working AA, but, you know, going to other church has been a huge support group for me personally through the things that I've gone through and being in a room, even if I'm at my worst, if I don't want to be here because, I mean, I have not been that person that wakes up every Sunday and is like, I just can't wait. I want to go to church. Like sometimes I'm just like, you know what? I just want to stay home. And like I've, you know, served in the past, like sang and, you know, play piano and stuff. And like there are just some Sundays where I'm like, I feel like crap. I have nothing to give. I cannot be helpful to anyone in any way. People are looking at me. They they think I have it all together because I'm up there singing and playing piano. And you know what? I just don't. I, I feel like throwing things. I feel like throwing things, screaming at people. Yeah. I don't want to be nice. Every time I've gone, there's something healing about it because yeah. someone comes – someone just has something for me. I don't know what it is or how yeah. or I can't yeah. explain it, but it is. It's like I walk out of there and I can breathe. And when I don't have it – when I don't do it that week or whatever else, then it's or if I'm not connected in yeah. some way, shape, or form, then I can't. So I can like, I I've you've invited me to open AA meetings and I've had the privilege of you know seeing and seeing how that's conducted and and watching how it just helps people in that exact same way and it's just yeah, yeah I mean I always joke I I have my I have a home group that Sunday mornings is my church you know it's mm-hmm. my my form of that of that group except we swear a lot and talk about drugs so. <laughs> <laughs> that's my I'm like Sunday mornings I swear a lot and I talk about drugs and alcohol um but you know I mean it's it's whatever we we weren't made to be alone you're right and alcoholism addiction is a disease of isolation mm-hmm. it is the it will isolate you it will take you down by yourself so quickly mm-hmm. um 
and it you know removes everything around you and if you are struggling with addiction you'll see like it, yeah. it it'll push you further and further and emotionally further and further apart from people um you know so that's part of it is that you are taking steps to not be isolated which is taking steps to ensure your recovery um, again, it's kind of like, you know, I, I've talked about this before. It's the diabetes metaphor, which mm-hmm. is you can eat well on Monday and your health will be as a result of your eating and you putting in that footwork towards uh, towards healing um, with your diabetes, you will have those results Monday. But if you don't do anything after Monday and Friday you're still putting bad things into your body, the footwork from Monday does not carry over. Mm -hmm. That's not, you know, you are, you know, we, every, it's, you know, we call it a daily reprieve. Every day we have to do something for recovery, whatever that looks like for you. And what you did yesterday helped you stay clean and sober yesterday Mm -hmm. or helped you through whatever recovery you're going through yesterday. It is a daily practice. So, um, and I love how Tank talked about that too. One of the things oh, yeah. that he had said, he was talking about the beauty of how his life has transformed mm-hmm. since he has you know, been working his recovery and how he even said that everything that made him successful today, he attributes to his recovery. Yeah, all and the skills. All the, all the skills and the things. So he's, you know, this prolific you know, Instagram star, he creates these incredible, super hilarious memes and has this amazing website, Tanks Good News, that, you know, oh, I he's love it. Yeah. So, he was sick of sharing and, and hearing yep. things that were bad going on in the world and said, let's create a site, you know, just for yep. good news and let's yep. share all that. Let's promote that yeah. above everything else. And, yeah. oh, gosh, I just love the concept well, and, behind it. And Tanks Good News, that account started out as an account to blast internet trolls. Do you remember That's that? That's right. And he so, did like, say that. One of the things they talk about in recovery is opposite action, right? Mm-hmm. Is opposite. Whatever my first thought is, go with the second one or the third <laughs> or the fourth. Like depending that's on where you are so in your recovery. Good. Like the longer you stay sober, it'll be your second thought that's good. Mm-hmm. But your first thought almost always throw that bad boy out. And so that's good. Um, so you know he he t- took that opposite action instead of blasting internet trolls, put it to towards you know sharing good news Mm -hmm. and you know in a platform that people are very much you know ingrained in like in 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 the millennial kind of you know Instagram platform um talking about the good things happening in the world and that's kind of the healing vibrating thing that we Mm -hmm. talked about which is we're sharing about people like the good things that people are doing, the positive, like the people are trying, that there's good left in this world. And I have to tell you that I struggle with that. I struggle with um, all of the bad news. Yeah. That is, but you know, as as Tank talked about, like people share what makes them feel something. And mm-hmm. I, I'm, you know, I think we all do that. You know, you read something that makes you feel something good or bad. That's the, you know, it evokes an emotion. That's the thing you share. So he is evoking an emotion that's positive, that's powerful, and people are just eating that up. Because you do look at the media and the news and just wonder, like, what, like, how how can we go on with all Mm -hmm. these horrible things happening? Mm -hmm. Um, And you forget that. 
there are so many good things happening too. And that that's where the healing comes in. Like, what do I, what am, it's not that you're on, that you stay uninformed or that you don't accept reality, but what you choose to focus on becomes a big part of who you are on a day-to-day basis. Absolutely. So I agree with you. The concept of where you're putting your energy. So my husband always says to me, he goes, he goes, honey, I want you to do more of what gives you life and less of what takes life from you. Yeah. And that really isn't so much about him providing that space, which we I love him. He he just he's so helpful to me just in life and as yeah. a life partner. But that also it kind of made me realize when we were talking about it that it's my responsibility to do that. It's my responsibility to, to where where's my focus? It's not his responsibility to get my focus correct. It's my responsibility right. to get my focus correct. So if I'm focused on all the bad things that are happening or the things that I don't want, right. I'm not focusing my energy, and I think you've told me this, on what I do want. And right. so you're wasting right. that and it's dragging you down. There's literally nothing productive coming from that. Right. And what I love about what Tank has done with Tank's Good News is, you know, media to some degree is a, is going to be a little bit swayed or may not report everything perfectly you know it's just there's really some messaging gets crossed and people have agendas and you know whatever the case may be i'm not trying to get political but but it happens right it happens yeah. in in a non-political arena and i love that he's taken the media aspect of it and taking the good news and he's like taking the power back right like he's yeah. he's choosing to put yep. stuff out there in his own voice in his yep. own way what he's seen and and th- there's something really special that comes from that like mm-hmm. you you just like you said you can kind of feel the healing from it yeah it, it just, it's very Absolutely. real because you feel good yeah. right it's kind of nice to feel good yeah I know and, and it's something that I think you know we forget to do like oh we've you know or mm-hmm. that we think it's we must be doing something wrong if we're doing things that make us feel good because we have to discipline ourselves into some you know we have some preconceived ideas of what life is supposed to be but you know I was taught that when you focus on the problem the problem gets bigger and when you focus on the solution the solution gets bigger that's so good. And, you know we I, I've, you and I have talked about this before where you ask people what they want and they tell you what they don't want and so true and and I've I'm guilty of it too like what do you want well I know I don't want these things yeah that's not what I asked you yep I asked you what what do you want insight into me and Ashley's counseling sessions (laughs) yeah but I mean that that is I've had to like okay like and then you I kind of realized I don't know what I want that's that's what's funny is like I I'm spending my time focusing on what to eliminate as opposed Mm. to what to add what to add to it yeah so yeah, and so it's just a like a scarcity mindset as opposed to an abundant mindset, right? Those yep. are just, you know, different practices. So it's really, um, you know, focusing on the good that's going on is important and that there's a lot of humanity, that there are a lot of good people on the planet trying mm-hmm. to do good things. And there's uh, probably more. Yeah, negative. There's yeah. probably a lot more. I, I, you know, I can't tell. I have no idea. I'm just gonna say that there yeah. are. Yeah, I'm, I'll go with it. I'll go. <laughs> I'll sign that. Um, so yeah, I really, I just dig what he's doing, and you know, I have watched him put this stuff together over the course of a long time. And I remember when he was trying to get that Oprah show, and I and doing the Happy is the New Rich, and. I remember thinking that he was going to be a big deal someday mm. because he was relentless, yeah, relentless about what he wants. And I just, I think it's so beautiful. And I think recover, you know, obviously it's 
part of who he is as a person, right? Like mm-hmm. his, his personality and culture and all those things that he makes him him. But this the contrary action, the never giving up, the doing the right thing, the showing, suiting up, showing up, sharing your story, being of service, forgiveness, blah, blah, blah. All mm-hmm. those things are things he learned in recovery that have gotten him to where he is that he practices in order to get that. Mm. And it's so cool to see that stuff working because it works. Like all these recovery tools, they work. Yeah. And they work in regular life. And people think you're really, really cool and really um, advanced. And you're like, no, I was incapable of living like a normal person and needed these tools in order to do so. So but now it's like, you know, it's professional life. It's professional Professional. living. Right. This is like you you, don't have the option to not. Yeah. You've been trained and and and. you know, we apply these principles and, you know, it's something they say in, in big book. They we apply these principles in all of our affairs mm. like it does. It's not just in that room. We go out into the world and and do those things. And um, and it and it works. Yes, absolutely. I, I'm I can attest to that 100 percent. OK, so if you get a chance, um, <laughs> Tank is a great book which I just love. It's really sh- like it's really easy to read. It's like a paragraph on each page. It's called Happy is the New Rich and uh, and 207 other light bulb moments. It's funny. It's really like really a good easy read. Happy is the New Rich and 207 other light bulb moments book by George Resch aka Tank Sinatra. Um go check that out. Check out tanksgoodnews.com and Tank's Good News on Instagram and Tank.Sinatra on Instagram. I think he's on Twitter as well. And Facebook. And Facebook. Mm -hmm. You will be seeing great things from him. He's going to continue to build his empire. So if you have feedback, something really, you know, stood out to you or made you laugh or you really needed a good nugget of wisdom and you got it from this podcast, then email us and let us know. We're starting to get reviews in and we're starting to you know, hear back from people that have been touched by the podcast. And Yeah. Yeah. If you are, you know, touched by this podcast, if it's helped you at all, um, it really, you know, something that, you know, we would really appreciate is if you go and leave us feedback um, on, you know, Apple podcast. Uh, you know, reviews and feedback, that's very helpful for us. And a lot of people um, listen, enjoy the content, but then don't, you know, engage, which I am super guilty of with podcasts. Oh, me too. So I get it. <laughs> um, but if you are sitting in front of your computer or by your computer right now or on your phone and you're able to do that, it makes a big difference for us. So I really appreciate your help. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Have a wonderful rest of your week and looking forward to our next guest coming out on Tuesday. Woo! The Courage to Change, a recovery podcast, would like to thank our sponsor, Lion Rock Recovery, for their support. Lion Rock Recovery provides online substance abuse counseling where you can get help from the privacy of your own home. For more information, visit www.lionrockrecovery.com backslash podcast. Subscribe and join our podcast community to hear amazing stories of courage and transformation. We are so grateful to our listeners and hope that you will engage with us. Please email us comments, 
questions, anything you want to share with us, how this podcast has affected you, our email address is podcast at lionrockrecovery.com. We want to hear from you.